0: The only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of God this morning. Well, this morning, I had a little bit of a difficult time um, coming up with a topic that seemed fitting had several that didn't really seem like a complete thought in themselves. so I might uh, share sort of two thoughts and try to draw them together. Trust it can be a a blessing to you. And if I was um, to give this meditation a title, I would call it um, Doing It God's Way. Uh, so for a opening passage, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 6. And as we are turning there, I'll give you just a little bit of a background to this story. Uh, the children of Israel, and in the times of Eli, the priest, were fighting against the Philistines. And the battle was not going well. And they decided that they were going to take the Ark of the Covenant and take it out into battle with them. And so they did that, and they were beaten very badly by the Philistines. And the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant back to their land with them. And they um, took the Ark of God and brought it in and set it before their god in, in Ashdod City, I guess. ...set in front of their God... ...and... Um, ...in the morning... ...they found their... Um, ...the statue... ...their God had fallen on its face... ...before the ark... ...and so they... Um, ...set the... ...set their God back up again... ...on his feet... ...and... ...they come and got... ...rose again early the next morning... ...and... Behold, he was fallen down again. And this time, both the palms of his hand were cut off and the head was cut off and all that was left was the stump of their god. And it says, Therefore neither the priests of Dagon nor any that had come into Dagon's house Dagon was their god, Philistine's god tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashtaroth unto this day. So it was kind of interesting, but they were very fearful, obviously, of the power of God. So anyway, I'm not going to go into this whole story, but basically they, God brought a lot of judgment on them, and they kept moving the ark around, trying to um, find a safe place to keep it, I guess. And they decided to send it back to Israel. And so they set it on this they decided they were going to get two milk cows and take their calves away from them and they were going to hitch them to the cart and they were like if these cows go back to their calves then we'll know it was just chance that happened to us Um, but if these cows head straight away over to Israel we know that this was of God so they make a new cart and they hitch these cows to it and Sure enough, the cows head straight away to Israel. Uh, so they follow after the cart to see what would happen, I guess. So I'd like to, that's a bit of the backstory. story, so I'd like to break in. Um, in verse 12 of chapter 6. And the kine, or the cows, took straight away into the way of Bethshemath, and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand nor to the left, and the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Bethshemesh. And they of Bethshemeth were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. So the Ark of the Covenant had been out of Israel for I believe it said seven months. Yes, first verse of chapter six. it says, "It was in the country of the Philistines seven months." Uh, so these people were rejoiced to see the ark coming back again. And the ark came into the field of Joshua, a Beth Shemite, and stood there where there was great stone, and they clave the wood of the cart and offered the kind a burnt offering unto the Lord. I'm sure um, earlier on, we saw that after, I guess part of it skipped over, the, after the ark was taken by the Philistines, when Eli, the high priest, heard this news that the Philistines had taken the ark, he fell off his seat backwards and died, broke his neck. I was very troubling times for Israel and also Eli's daughter-in-law, who was near with child to be delivered, as soon as she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law was dead, she bowed herself and travailed and gave birth and also died. In that and she named her child Ichabod. For the glory of the Lord is departed from Israel, for the ark of God was taken. So we can see, just sort of jumping back a little bit, that it was a very troubling thing to Israel that the ark of God was not with them anymore. So when it comes back, they offer this burnt offering unto the Lord. And the the Levites took down the ark of the Lord. We're here in verse 15 of chapter 6. And the coffer that was with it, where the jewels of gold were, and put them in a the great stone, uh, the Philistines had put an offering of gold in with the in with the ark, and the men of Beshemeth offered burnt sacrifices and sacrificed sacrifices the same day unto the Lord, so as uh Very nice time of rejoicing, and they had the Levites there taking care of the ark. Seemed like everything was going well. The ark was finally back with them. So let's jump now to verse 19. in the middle of a thing here. I'm trying to see if there's a better place. But We'll start here in verse 19. And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh. This was God. Because they had looked into the ark of the Lord, even he smote the people 50,000 and three score and 10 men. And the people lamented because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall he go up Whom shall he go up from us? So here, when it seemed like you know the Ark of God was finally back with them, and seemed like they were um, doing things right, the Levites were there taking care of it, and then fifty thousand men were killed. Because they had looked into the ark of God. So my, that's where my thoughts here about doing it God's way come in. Because even though they did many things, right? And they were, you know, rejoicing in the things of God. Yeah, because they, what you might think is, you know, not a major thing. They just wanted to see what was in the ark, you know curiosity maybe yet yeah, God judged them because of that and 50,000 men were killed more than more than 50,000 people because and their question is who is able to stand before this holy Lord God so then I they sent uh, other men to come and fetch the ark of the Lord. They didn't want it there with them anymore. Uh, So that's kind of the first part I had, just seeing the importance of doing it the way God asks us to do it and not try to do things our own way or what we think would seem right. So then let's turn next to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And the other thought that came to me was, What would, after Jesus had spent three and a half years teaching and um, preaching and being with his disciples and shared many things with them, on his last evening, the last night before he's, or the evening before he's crucified, what would he find most important to share with them? So that's what we see here in John, um, starting in like John 13 all the way through the end of chapter 17, is um, Jesus talking with his disciples right there after the Passover supper, and Judas had already gone out. And so I would just like to read a fairly lengthy portion of scripture here, and just considering that this is the last, some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples, and by extension to us, things he really wanted us to remember, you know, after he's gone Uh, So I'll start reading in First in John, chapter fourteen, verse one. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God; believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto Him, Lord. We know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye would have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, "Have Have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Mm-hmm. Believest thou not that I am the Father in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the, in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever." Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that keepeth my commandments, and he that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and make our abode with them. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which I hear is not which ye he hear is not mine, but the Father's, which sent me. But the Comforter, uh, verse twenty-five, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and shall bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Uh, Then chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. And then also jumping over to verse 10, chapter 15. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even if I has kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you will love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. I probably could have made a, a whole meditation just on looking at some of these various things. Um, but in connecting it some with my original thought about doing it um, God's way, there's a couple of things in here where Jesus makes very clear statements of what his way looks like. And the first one... Um, Like to point out is in chapter in verse six of chapter fourteen. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me." Just very clear and simple. Jesus is the only way. Um, And then the second one is in verse fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. Another just very simple um, statement of of this is the way that God wants us to live. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then if you follow up to that in verse twenty four, also fourteen. He that loveth me, not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hears is not mine. Um. Uh, verse twenty three. Sorry. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him and make our abode with him. Uh, so first we saw that Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, um, that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. It's almost like a circular... Um, When we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments, and we keep his commandments because we love him. And then um, the third one I'd like to point out in chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Just another very simple direction. We must abide in Christ if we are going to do anything. And the following verse, for without me ye can do nothing. And then the fourth one, and this is the second time in this um, passage that Jesus says this, He says this in verse 12 of chapter 15, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And earlier he had said a new commandment I have given unto you, that ye love one another. So very important, these four things, doing it God's way, remember that he is the way, and we must keep his commandments, and we must abide in him, And we must love one another. So I will leave you with that.